The views expressed on Teacher Vision are those of the interviewee and interviewer and do not represent Screenlist Allies as a whole. Hello there and welcome to Teacher Vision episode number 37 where everyone has a different vision of learning. My name is Jose Briseño and we're going to continue the interview with the orientation and mobility instructor from Austin, Texas, Christopher Tab. And on part two, we're going to discuss his teaching style, some stories from his O&M training days when he was in college, along with how exactly orientation and mobility specialists get jobs once to graduate all this and more right here on teacher vision by screenless allies but first it's time for your teacher vision tech tip where we make your technology life a little bit easier by giving you a hint or tip on how to use it whether it's computers whether it's mobile devices we have it all right here on the teacher vision tech tip on teacher vision by screenless allies Now that we looked at the chameleon's orientation, how about we turn it on? When you turn on the chameleon, you will see the word starting on your braille display, followed by a spinning dot indicator to the right of it. This little dot is actually a pretty good indication that your chameleon is booting up. It takes about 30 to 45 seconds for it to boot up at this point. To power the chameleon on, Hold down the power button for about three seconds and then wait another 30 seconds or so. And after that, you should hear editor. Think of the editor as notepad on Windows or text edit for Mac. You can write very simple files with no formatting in this editor. We're just going to navigate through the chameleons menu by pressing space and backspace today on this program. And then we're going to talk about how to turn on and off speech and how to change the speed of the voice. So let's go ahead and hit the space bar to move forward. Braille editor. This application is very similar to the editor, except that, remember the old Perkins Braille writers? Well, this is kind of a simulation of said device, just because this does not translate anything into print. In fact, all this does is turn off the speech, and you can create a document in a regular Braille format, and the only people that can open the document is you on your device, or you can take it to a computer to a Braille translating software like Duxbury and open it there. However, you cannot print anything on the chameleon at all the regular editor uses the regular txt format let's go ahead and move on by pressing space terminal this option is where your chameleon really shines we recommend you read your screen reader's manuals so you know what keyboard commands on the chameleon control the screen reader in question it supports all the major ones that is jaws for windows nvda for windows mac and ios voiceover and Android to an extent. We recommend you read their manuals just to make sure that your chameleon will work with your screen reader. You can have five Bluetooth devices and one USB connection going at the same time. Of course, you can't operate all of them at once, but you can switch to each device that you're trying to control within the terminal. Let's go ahead and move forward. Library. Ah, yes, the library, where you can read books that have been specially made for people who are totally blind or visually impaired, like the DAISY or BRF books. You can get these from many resources, and on the Chameleon itself, there's an online services option where you can download books and newspapers, so you can read using the library application. File Manager. Self-explanatory. In here, you can create folders, you can move folders and files, you can delete them, you can copy them, whatever you need to do with all those documents and books, you can manipulate them from this application. Calculator. This calculator does the basic functions of adding, subtracting, multiplication, division, exponents, and square roots. So if you need to make a quick calculation, you can go into this application and do what you need to do so that way you can get the best results. Date and time. 
Another self-explanatory one, you can go in here to check your date and time or to set it properly. This does not synchronize with the online clocks like other computers do. You can also check these from anywhere by pressing enter with the letter D, dots 145 for date, and enter with T, as in time, dots 2345 to check the time. Settings. Here's where you customize your chameleon itself by changing the voice or by changing how your braille is displayed whenever you're working with the chameleon outside of the terminal. Because inside the terminal, that is up to the screen reader and how you have it configured. Online services. Remember how I mentioned that you can download books to your chameleon? Here is where you do this. You select your preferred online service depending on what country you're in and get to downloading books so that way you can read them in the library. User guide. Here's the chameleon's manual. It'll open up so that way you can read it so that way you can get more knowledge on how to use this device. Power off. Self-explanatory here again. You can either press this option to turn off your chameleon. If you do, you'll hear shut down. You can press your next thumb key and find OK. Press enter on that. Or you can hold down the power button for another three seconds and you can hit OK from that prompt as well from anywhere. Now, as you heard, the chameleon has a voice. But what if you don't want to use the voice? You just want to use Braille. A simple keystroke will turn off that voice so that way you can just use nothing but the Braille to operate the device. So... To do this, you can press the space bar with the previous thumb key. That is the outermost left thumb key on the front row. You press these together. You can then use your chameleon without speech. However, if you want to turn it back on, press those same two keys again. Remember, that is the previous thumb key and your space bar. And it will say speech on. And as you noticed, it says speech on with the voice as well. Also, one thing that we forgot to mention in the last program is that the chameleon has two space bars. It does not matter which space bar you press. You can press one of them or you can press both. It's up to you. And now to end this, let's teach you how to raise and lower the voice's speed. Some people want the voice faster than others. To speed up the voice, we can press enter with dot five. Now, as you will see, the chameleon for some reason lags when you start doing this and it begins to stutter. I hope that in an upcoming version, they can fix this bug. And unfortunately, this lag also affects when you are typing in the editor application. It has trouble keeping up with you. And in general, it just lags no matter what voice rate you have if you are a very fast user of this display. But for now, let's go ahead and press enter with dot five to raise the voice. And we're going to go all the way to its maximum. Speed two, speed three, speed four, speed five, speed six, speed seven, speed eight, speed nine, speed ten, speed ten. Alrighty, that little click that you heard there, that one basically means you reached your maximum point. Now, let's just move around the options a little bit with this speed so you kind of hear how it sounds like. Editor, Braille editor, terminal, library, file manager, calculator, date and time, settings, online services, user guide. As you can see, the chameleon also eats its words, so to speak. This speech rate needs a little bit more work, and I'm hoping that they can fix that soon. Now, we're going to slow it back down, and we're going to go all the way to its minimum rate, so you can hear how that sounds like. So to do that, we're going to press enter with dot two, and that will slow the voice down. So we're going to press that command right now, and we're going to go all the way to its minimum. Speed nine, speed eight, speed four, speed zero. All right, that beep. Basically means we're in the middle, but we can go further than that backwards. Speed minus one. Speed minus two. Speed minus three. Speed minus four. 
And this is the minimum. I really hope that I don't ever have to listen to this voice at that speed when conducting a training in my lifetime. Otherwise, I'm going to scream. <laughs> Want to see why? Well, let's move through the chameleon with speed negative four so you can hear how that sounds like. Editor. Terminal. Library. File manager. Calculator. And on that note of speed negative four, let's go ahead and conclude this segment for this week. But no worries, we'll be back with another part on the Chameleon 20. We hope this Teacher Vision tech tip was helpful to you. And now, on with the show. Now, you mentioned the training, you know, the hands on training here. I'm assuming you go under blindfold, is that correct? That is correct. So basically everything that I would teach a person who is a low vision learner or a blind learner, when we're going out to travel, I will have already experienced in my university program and hopefully as well through my professional development time, opportunities under blindfold so that I have that experience of understanding what auditory information, tactile information, proprioceptive information, all different sensory systems would I be utilizing so that I can encourage the person to begin to extract that information from their environment? I, I do have a bit of a fun question for you. Can you tell me about an experience that you may have had that was like hashtag blindfold problems? Like, you know, where you may have run into something and you thought it was something else, you know, things like that. Any kind of like funny story yeah. in that situation? awakening moment, I guess, or a scary moment. I remember being, I did my training in Los Angeles, California, and I remember being on a street crossing that was probably five lanes across the road. And I got about halfway across and I suddenly felt like, oh my goodness, I don't know where I am. I don't know how far I've gone. I don't know how far it is to keep going. And I, I couldn't ask the person who was with me uh, which happened to be another university student, they were basically providing the instruction for me. But at that point, I was needing to cross independently. So I remember feeling that kind of fear in the middle of the intersection, not realizing where I was, how far did I have to go? And I had just had to have that faith that all I had to do was keep going. I had my cane with me. I had to use the techniques as I'd been instructed and trust that if I did that, I would successfully find the opposite side of the street, which I did. But there was, a, there was a definite fear or shock that was happening in the middle of the intersection. I heard traffic all around me, but I didn't, couldn't remember how far I had walked, how far I had to go. I just felt lost and disoriented in the middle of the intersection. So that's something that we try to help people to begin to work through. Now, if I were able to go back to that learning self years ago, 22 years ago or 23 years ago, I can't remember exactly, I would have been able to encourage that person myself before I crossed to use the sound of traffic in the distance. It's taken many years to learn from others how to listen further out in the distance. Visually, we have something called the horizon line where we look and the sky and the ground kind of come together. It's as far away as we can see. If I use an auditory horizon and I listen in the distance as far away as I can hear. So for instance, a loud motorcycle goes by me. I don't want to hear it just where it's next to me. I want to hear where it goes as far away until that sound disappears. That's the distance. When I can focus toward the sound in the distance, that helps me to walk a straight line to find the opposite side of the street because the parallel sidewalk and street always go together. As long as I'm going where that street is, the sidewalk's going to be right next to it. So the further away I listen, the better my direction or my line of travel. Man, I'm, I feel like I'm back in high school again. 
<laughs> learning about this we're guy. Always, this we're always guy. learning. Yes, sir. Assume, okay, let's say that you graduated with, you know, and you got your certifications and things like that going on. How do you go about finding a job? Like, how do you get hired, like, in schools and, you know, other agencies? Who do you work with in that situation? How, how does a hiring process work for an O&M if they want to work for, like, the school or, you know, with adults in the future? Before I answer that, I have to ask one question of you, Jose. Yes, sir. Um, do, you, do you know why the toothbrush crossed the road? Why? Just for a change of pace. Just for <laughs> Okay, sorry. So, sorry, coming back to your question. Yes, sir. Uh, so there's different ways to get hired or to get paid in orientation mobility. There's a traditional route where we have an employer. Your employer might be a school district or it might be a county office of education. It might be that your employer is the state of Texas or the federal government for those that work for the Veterans Administration or Veterans Affairs. That's a larger employer. There's also ways that you can be hired as an independent contractor. So you're not an employee, but you are providing through a contract a certain number of hours of work or instruction. Right. So some districts don't have enough students with blindness and visual impairment to support a full-time orientation mobility specialist. So they might say, we will contract with you to provide, I'm just making this up, 20 hours of orientation mobility per month, which is much less than somebody who's working 40 hours a week doing that. And so they, that individual might have a 20 hour contract with one district, a, another contract with another district. They may be serving a half a dozen or more districts little bits all around. You don't have to give me exact names, but do you work for schools or do you also do contract? Do you do a little bit of both? My day job is with the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired. So I am technically a state employee or a public servant of the state of Texas, but I also am permitted to do contract work. So my wife and I, for instance, just came back from Hawaii where we were doing a contract for guide dogs of Hawaii. They support a community of people who are blind and low vision in Hawaii. And this particular group didn't need training with dogs. They needed training with canes. We went and we worked with adults and seniors who were developing their ability to travel independently with canes. We also worked with school-aged children. And then we also worked with the professionals that work with the students in the schools. So we did professional development for the professionals and basic O&M training for the school-aged children and the adults. That was all provided on a private contract rather than through a relationship with Texas. We sometimes will have people who come from a different state. Right. Often the young person or an adult coming from another state has a Department of Rehabilitation, or here in Texas, we have the Texas Workforce Commission, who is helping that person go to school to become employed. And because they're in another state, they may be looking for a contractor here to provide the service for orientation and mobility. So I have had students who have come to universities who were from a different state, and that state's Department of Rehabilitation paid me through a contract to provide orientation mobility for that young person at their new college campus. So let's say I moved to Austin, right? I have your number and I can call you and go, Chris, yeah. So I moved to Austin. I got this new house. I live in so-and-so. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind helping me out and showing me around the area, see what all there is around to see and, you know, get the basics and I'll pay you up. Is that something that you would do as well? Or is that more it, of a... It, it is, but the first thing that I would do as I would say, Jose, I am happy to do that for you. And 
What I would like to do, though, is I would like to help you to understand the free services that may be available before you pay me. So to be ethical, I wouldn't want to just take money for something that I knew somebody else could get for free. The Texas Workforce Commission provides training through places like Chris Cole Rehabilitation Center, but also through instructors. So there are contract orientation mobility specialists who work for, they're not employed by TWC, but they work on a contract to provide those services. If you are working with a Texas workforce TWC representative who works with you for vocational purposes or education purposes, they may be able to provide that contract so that you don't have to pay for those services out of your own pocket. So I encourage people to go through funded channels first. We can always do it through a private contract, but if there's somebody who's going to pay for you, that would be ideal for you. So you right. don't have to take it out of your own savings. Account. Right. Like, don't ask, you know, just like, or I mean, not, not, well, not ask yeah. don't, don't question if it's free, you know? So exactly. It yes. definitely, and, and often a funding agency like that may also be able to provide you, let's say that we're doing work together and we find that there are certain tools that may be helpful for you, like a piece of technology. Sometimes those funding agencies can provide that technology for you too, because if it helps you to be more independent in your education or vocationally, that is something that works to satisfy what they would consider a successful employment and then a successful closure of your case. Chris, if anyone ever asked you, every O&M, like every TVI, that I've talked to on this interview have different teaching styles. How would you describe yours when you work with students? My wife would tell you that I'm a cornball. So I like to have fun. The I can idea, attest to that. Well, <laughs> the idea of, of it being a torture, I will often say that I'm going to out to torture a student because if I can make whatever I'm doing seem harder than it actually is, in other words, my term, we kind of keep a lighthearted spirit about it. When people go out, especially when we're first working together, there can be a lot of anxiety or worry. Can I trust this person? What's going to happen? That rapport that we build or that relationship between the instructor and the learner is very important because I'm going to be asking that learner to do things that are dangerous, that are scary, like stepping into a street where we could get run over. Right, um, right. So. We need to develop that trust. And sometimes we do that just by having a little bit of fun together. We get to know one another. Basically, my goal when I work with someone is to work myself out of a job. I want to help them to have skills that no longer require me. I want them to be able to do the things they want to do without me being there. I always have to think about ways that I can step back, but I also want to encourage that person as an individual, as a fellow human, that they are capable and competent and can do whatever they want. They might go about it in different ways than many other people or that I do it, but they can do whatever they want to do. So there's lots of different layers. We have that basic connection between two human beings that we begin to develop trust. But I also want to encourage them to dream a little bit. What is it you'd really like to do? Because sometimes we've become constricted in our own beliefs about ourselves. Our ambitions have been stifled because somebody said we couldn't or we believed we couldn't for whatever reason. So if we can dream a little bit together, then we can kind of open those boxes and see about, well, if you really do want to, for instance, fly a plane, can you do that? And there are literally people who will fly a plane who are blind. They can use controls on a computer to get the diagnostic information or the display information from the plane to know their altitude, to know their airspeed. They can do the same thing 
just through a different channel. And for many people, when I help them to understand what's already being done, it helps to open their mind a little bit about what their own potential could be. Wow, that definitely makes sense. Now I want to go fly a plane. Uh There you go. I, you know, I, I always said I wanted to drive a car. Now I'm going to add in flying a plane to my list of things to do on my bucket list. There's a lot of controls there. And just like there's a lot of buttons on your, some of your devices for someone who's new to a braille display. Oh my goodness. What do you do with all those pins? Once you are familiar with it, it becomes much more understandable and doable. Right, right, for sure. Which definitely makes a lot of sense. So actually speaking of technology, since you're, you know, good segue, good segue. But before we go any further, you know, did you know that I had a lot of trouble counting up to the number 159? I did not. In Roman numerals? Yeah. After that, it just clicks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here. I'll be here all day. Yes, sir. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Teacher Vision by Screenless Allies. Did you enjoy what you heard? We encourage you to look back at our past podcast episodes, which are equally as awesome as this one. If you want to know more information about Screenless Allies, we encourage you to visit our website at www.screenlessallies.com. That is S-C-R-E-E-N-L-E-S-S-A-L-L-I-E-S.com. All one word. Want to keep up with our happenings? Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Screenless Allies Official. All one word. Want to get in contact with us for any reason whatsoever? Email us info at screenlessallies.com. Also, please share with your friends and others that might find Screenless Allies beneficial and fun. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>